welcome to your Insurance Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Finley, joined once again by President of CLH Insurance, Chuck Hembry. Chuck, glad to have you back. How are you? Good today. Good. Thank you. Good. Today, uh, I thought we could talk about something that, you know, we try to be topical around here, and you could make the case for this being topical, but it's drones. Mm-hmm. And I say it could be topical because I remember a couple of years ago, Amazon, you know, the big online retailer, and it's almost sure. Christmas time and delivering presents, they said they wanted to start delivering items uh, with drones. And that made a big fuss in the news. And mm-hmm. and I think in general, drones have kind of been a, you know, are they good, are they bad? What does it mean? So obviously there's some insurance um, aspects involved with drones as well. So I thought we could dive into that. So if you wouldn't mind first, just what, Let's talk about the positives about drones, because I, I feel like they're probably, they seem to outweigh the negatives anyway, but I want to hear from you. What, well, what with you you and I both, you know, we, we, we're looking at insurance and the impact here, but uh, my dad is always, uh, my dad, he's passed away now, but he always worked with the airlines, and I've always been fascinated with flight and aircraft and uh, anything like that. It's just it's just a fascinating subject, yeah. and we're starting to see the amazing ways that it, they can be used. Uh, you know, the insurance is looking at them for claims adjusting and so forth. We've seen filmmakers in the last few years use them in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen them used recreationally. Just They've kind of taken the place almost of the old model aircraft that we used to see youth and adults too, because that got to be big, big business too, uh, as a great hobby craft of flying them. Uh, they're just a fascinating subject and add a new dimension like the Amazon that we're talking about. So they're new enough that we're trying to just now explore how they can be used. And we, we can already see some very positive results. So I don't think we want to think of them as negatives. We see some of the uh, negative and serious impacts when we see drone strikes uh, within uh, within wars and so forth. Well, sure, and there's certainly a difference between a predator drone and a and a drone that you know you could fly around the neighborhood with a camera or whatever. So, sure. So let's let's focus on the uh, the you know the one that you could go down the store or down the street to the store and buy mm-hmm. and fix it with a camera or a basket if you're Amazon and you're delivering a package. What, how, how has the insurance industry been using drone footage? I mean, I, I assume it's, you know, you can fly a drone up on a roof or maybe in some other areas that you wouldn't normally be able to, uh, that aren't as accessible that you could use uh, to, to, you know, for claims information, et cetera. But I want to hear from the horse's mouth. What, well, that, that's true. It's up to date. Yes, we have, uh, uh, great satellites in the sky and Google Earth is an amazing tool, but it's it's dated uh, because maybe the the photos that we're looking at are a year two years old and when we're talking about claims or something that uh, is to a specific recent time we have to be able to respond in an appropriate and quick way and so drones now give us the ability to, to fly above sea in areas and look more circumspect with safety than we could perhaps in the in the past. So great ramifications to insurance where the, we can look at crash sites, we can look at roofs, areas that might not be quite as accessible um, for damage or possible damage. And so that's in, how insurance is looking at them. Now I don't know that they're going to start delivering policies by drone tomorrow, <laughs> but that's some of the areas that uh, we're, we're starting to explore. The other area that uh, insurance has to look at is how do we protect other people's interests, because uh, as 
businesses and persons use drones, we have to figure out, okay, how do we protect them if liability claims uh, come against them because they accidentally cause property damage or bodily injury, and it's even going into personal injury. So what's the appropriate way for insurance to respond to the use of drones by the public? You brought up personal injury, and that makes me think of, you know, I don't want to say, like you said, negative. We don't want to go there, but certainly some, some concerns with using drones, and I imagine invasion of privacy is a, is a popular topic. How can the insurance industry protect against, uh, you know, invasion of privacy, whether your privacy has been invaded or if, you know, I have a son or a daughter and they have a drone and they invade somebody else's privacy and then I'm at fault? Like, what are the, the ramifications there on, on each side? Well, that's where we're still exploring and, and already there's been, there's been good movement. Uh, we've already seen endorsements that have been produced that can be added onto policies to address some of these. Markets are still trying to figure out how much do they want to cover and under what circumstances. And the reason they're still trying to do this, really this is in, uh, it's in its infancy because although drones have been used for a while, it's taken the FAA a while to get out their reports and under what criteria they're going to allow appropriate use of drones. So let's, let's think about it in a personal way and let's think about it in a commercial way. Uh, you brought up the idea of uh, personal injury and so that's, that's liability. Either someone thinking that you've invaded their privacy or whether you really actually did. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know when we've talked about this previously, you brought up the idea of, whoa, you know, what are we going to have here, peeping toms or something? And that's a real concern to insurance, but it can also be industrial spying. Uh, it could be uh, just lack of an invasion of privacy because someone feels like they shouldn't have to be on camera. Uh, we, we've had that question come up all the time, uh, even, even now, with street cameras and so forth. So this is just taking it to a new level. So if someone accuses us of personal injury, invasion of privacy, how will a policy respond? Well, there may be some coverages underneath the commercial policy because most commercial policies do include personal injury. But personal lines many times never respond to personal injury unless you've added that endorsement on. It almost comes automatic with commercial insurance, but not with personal insurance. Then, even if they do have something that addresses personal injury or invasion of privacy on their policy, we have another hurdle to overcome in definitions of what's covered. Generally, aircraft aren't covered. You need an aircraft policy for that. Okay. Well, drones really aren't aircraft, yet they are. So the definitions within policies are having to be recrafted to either give some limited coverage to, to drones and not to blanketly exclude them as aircraft as they are now. Uh, so since they're excluded, even if we have invasion of privacy as a coverage, they would be an excluded peril. We have no coverage underneath the personal policy or the commercial. Also, we cover legal liability. We don't cover illegal liability. So if someone is using it for illegal purposes or against FAA regulations, 
that's not going to be covered, and they're going to be fined for that. Uh, so that's why people have wanted to know, well, what does the FAA think? <laughs> right. uh, and the FAA has come out with categories of uh, drones that are 55 pounds and over, and obviously those are going to be huge industrial-type things. Uh, and for the more private type of drones that we're used to seeing around with the little cameras and so forth that are less than 55 pounds, what kind of instruction must someone have before they can operate either sector of those drones. Uh, how do we delineate from a kid who wants to use it as a private aircraft, you know, a little model aircraft, versus someone who wants to use it for a business purpose? So those are still being developed. The, the oversight has come out, but even with the oversight, it's very incomplete. It's ambiguous in a lot of areas, and there's really no uh, risk management oversight by the federal government. They put out laws, but no way to follow up on them. So it's a skeleton that's got to be filled in, and uh, I think we're going to play with it uh, for quite a while. So what do we take away from uh, an insurance viewpoint? If you're a business and want to operate a drone, we need to make sure, first of all, as a business, that if we are going to operate a drone in a professional manner, that it complies with the FAA oversight. And the FAA has come out with some recommendations of their own from the Inspector General that says we've got to uh, give specific milestones and update our guidelines on, on drones. We need to develop training. If we say that training is recommended or required, then we have to provide that on a, uh, the FAA has to provide that on a, on a regular basis so people can take advantage of it. Uh, there needs to be a, a way to process and perform inspections, which there really isn't in place right now. So even though there's laws out, there's nothing to enforce them. Uh, we need to design and implement uh, an oversight plan for these drones so that it's ongoing and grows with the industry. Uh, we need to tie together databases so that the FAA can talk with local, state, and federal government resources. There's no way to tie those together right now. And we have to have a process within the FAA and field oversight where operations are coordinated. None of that is there. So a business owner needs to check with the FAA and local authorities to see that the use that they're going to use for has been applied for, there has to be an application that's applied for, that can be found online, and gives you some general requirements. So you can't just go out there and use a drone for your business purpose without registering with the federal government. And it'll tell you some things like you can't fly it in fly zones, you can't go above certain uh, amount of footage because we're concerned about aircraft and interaction. We've already had some drones strike aircrafts accidentally uh, because they weren't paying attention to those and that's a, that's a big danger. Right. And then you need to register the use and purpose of the drone business-wise. Then check with your insurance agent to make sure that underneath your policy it still uh, doesn't have a definition that excludes coverage for aircraft including drones and ask and inquire about what endorsements can be added on so that you are protected when you do perform business with a drone. We've had several there and we've had to work around those and it's been a learning experience for us as well with businesses uh, and ministries uh, that are using drones and it's amazing the, the number that are there. So now let's shift to personal lines and for the uh, you know, the hobbyist, the person that wants to use it for personal use and enjoyment, maybe with or without a camera. Again, not as many guidelines that are there.
but if you're going to fly them, uh, you do need to ask for an exception and for permission, so you need to, to put that on unless you're using them only inside your home or only uh, in your yard and on your premises, which quite honestly is probably very <laughs> unlikely with drones that they're going to be confined there. Um, so that's one place where you need to take some precautions. You need to realize that your homeowners does not give adequate coverage to the operation of drones for liability or property damage that you might cause. Most definitions in the homeowners do exclude drones. Uh, and there's a, a more limited amount of endorsements that can be added on. And the best way, again, is check with your agent. Mm -hmm. See if we can't help you. We're, we know that they're not of great physical harm, you know, if they run into something. These aren't mm -hmm. huge drones. There is not a big cost that's going to be involved in these. There's a low exposure, but you need to make sure that exposure is covered in case you do go through the window of a homeowner's and cause some damage there or someone does accuse you of uh, invasion of privacy because we don't know what that would cost. And uh, those are things that uh, the homeowner doesn't want to bear without having insurance coverage in place. So there you go, good information. If you own a drone or thinking about getting a drone commercially or personally, and we would be more than happy to answer any questions that you might have on the topic. So certainly feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email at any time. Uh, Chuck, unless you have any other closing thoughts, I think that would probably wrap it up for today. No, uh, you know, I know Christmas is coming here fairly soon and drones might be in your, your Christmas underneath the tree. Santa. Uh, so think about it. Uh, have fun with it. Don't be scared of it, but just be smart about it. Well said. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Your Insurance Connection podcast can be heard on iTunes and Stitcher or by visiting clhins.com forward slash content forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard, you can support this podcast by rating and or sharing it on your social platforms. CLH Insurance is a trusted choice independent agency servicing Missouri, Kansas, and Illinois. For more information on CLH Insurance, visit clhins.com or call 636-391-0700 to speak with an agent. Until we connect again, thanks for listening.